The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. All are welcome here. You're listening to unityonlineradio.org, the voice of an awakening world. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Have you ever suffered from that relationship getting cold, colder, freezing, distant? Have you ever realized that your friend, your buddy, your life has started to lose its connection? That when you get up in the morning, everything seems drab? If loving and romance and passion has started to leave your life, today's your day because we're going to discuss mind-body solutions to lifelong libido, passion, and love and relationships. Today's world is very common having people look up libido, sex solutions. And sex is important. Libido is important. But if you realize many of the people who have a lack of passion for people also have a lack of passion in their life in general. There's no such thing as a a sex, a passion transplant. We can help you with mind-body medical intuitive solutions to lifelong libido and passion. It's a little trickier when it has to do with lifelong passion. And I'm going to show you how to do that. That is not the same thing. Sex, love, and passion are not the same. Today we're going to show you the difference. And it needn't be unexciting. It can be incredibly, incredibly exciting. We're taking your calls, 816-251-3555 within the U.S. and Canada. And remember, unityonlineradio.org is live, live every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern. And you can get the show on your favorite podcast provider as well as join the live show with question every, a question every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern. You know, I've read a lot of spirituality. I've read a lot of books. I've listened to a lot of people about sex and libido. In Chinese medicine, sexuality, passion is called Jing. (coughs) Jing 
is a kind of spiritual force, not just spiritual, it's sexual force. It's connected to the divine. It's a fascinating thing about Jing. Charisma. You can see it in someone. You can see the glint in their eye. You see that they have passion in everything they do. It's not the same as sensuality. It's that otherworldly connection. If you read in the Bible, you read in any spiritual text, you read about these people who have a connection to some kind of healing energy, some kind of mystical energy, and they usually are very sexual. Sometimes in spiritual sex, sect, S-E-C-T, it can be misused and abused. And sometimes a person can lose their humility, and spirituality is a lot about humility, and start to lose the relatedness aspects of passion, you and the divine, you and a, a person, you and nature, and start to get focused on themselves. Narcissism. Going after what they want, not seeing the impact of their behavior on others. The lack of humility is not passion, is not sexuality. It's, um, well, I'm not going to tell you what that is. Though there's nothing wrong with finding pleasure yourself. That's a normal function. That's not what today's show is about. Today's show is love, romance, and passion in partnership with life. And that life force that connects you to health, that connects you to the divine. And there are a variety of times in our life when we may have a little bit of problem with connection, with passion, romance, and libido. As usual, in medical intuition, we usually try to use a seven-center map. I'm going to go through it because all libido issues or passion issues needn't be about hormones. People think, oh, my God, I have no libido. It's my hormones. I have no estrogen. I have no testosterone. Blah, blah, blah. It's not the case. I'm just telling you right now. Let's just go from one to seven. First center. You don't feel safe and secure in the world if you're terrified often enough. There's no energy left for sex in romance. A lot of times when a woman is young or a man is young, you're young in your life and you are overextended by a lot of responsibilities to stabilize your life, to stabilize your children, to stabilize your home, to stabilize your bills. You really have to make time to find passion, whether it's with another person, whether it's with nature, with its animals, whether it's with the divine. You really have to not lose yourself in work, dull work, day-to-day work, what used to be the old Dunkin' Donuts commercial, let's make the donuts, time to make the donuts, just the everyday drudge, vacuum, change the key, let it work. And though you can find passion in everything to get through the duty, you know, that famous Disney song, Whistle While You Work, That's trying to add passion in opiates 
enthusiasm to get through the cortisol, the drudgery. However, if you're having trouble with burdens of survival, often enough, survival instincts shunt your energy for survival and away from sexuality for a moment. Because sexuality is important for reproduction, but passion is important for survival, for existence, for, for exuberance. It's just like second center, reproduction. Often enough, when we have a life-threatening illness, we stop getting our periods or our testosterone and fertility go down because our energy is getting shunted away from sexuality and reproduction and towards survival. So there are times in your life when libido and sexual passion, I said times, go by the wayside, but it doesn't mean you can't get passion from other areas. You can get passion from work. So say you work in a lab and you do assays, you know, it's just, you do one thing after the other, you file, or you're a house cleaner and you wash refrigerators or you clean countertops. A way to get through the drudgery is to make it the best damn countertop, make it the cleanest, shiniest refrigerator, to try to find pride and enthusiasm. By doing that, one adds passion. And in fact, one is living in partnership with the refrigerator. One is living in partnership with the floor. I know that sounds ridiculous, but that was in the Karate Kid movie, Wax On, Wax Off. At first, he was just mad at that Mr. Miyagi. He goes, Mr. Miyagi, you have me doing all this stuff with your fences. Wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. And what he didn't realize was that wasn't just a fence and that wasn't just paint. It was, he was asking him to become one with the fence, one with the brush, and that it would help him become one with divine, one with chi. You get it? So by doing that, you touch passion, you touch the hand of God, the universe or whatever you believe in. For center, there's passion with children, there's passionate relationships with our parents. There's passion by nurturing. A lot of people after they've given birth to children, it unfortunately separates themselves from their mate and their spouse. And this is not good because you can get so connected or enthralled with your child that you get more and more separate, more and more cold from your partner. This is not good because it creates more enmeshment with the child and disengagement from your mate. No good because we need balanced passion in multiple areas of our life. Too much emphasis in one, no good. Too much passion from work isn't good either. All work and no play makes Mary or Jacinta, a boring person. Fifth center, having a voice in the world, connection. If we are just voicing who we are, I must have a voice. I must be me. Me, me, me is narcissism. We must have passionate voice of who we are in the world, we. But we also must have passion and connection with people in the earth. And that's not just sexual. It says a whole, shalom, peace, one. And then finally, intellect, sixth chakra. This has to do with 
many people have lifelong self-esteem, depression. Depression and anxiety can be a huge problem with libido and sex. A lot of people say, I've tried, you know, the pink, the pink pill, or the purple pill, and I've tried all kinds of stuff and hormone replacement, and yet I still have no libido, I have no sex. And a lot of times it's like you don't feel good about yourself. You don't feel good about your body. You don't feel good about your brain. You don't feel good about your work. And a lot of that has to do with not feeling good about yourself. And if you don't feel good about yourself, serotonin, dopamine, norepinephrine doesn't work. And all those things are important for libido. So you have to rise, raise your self-love in multiple areas of your body. Physical fitness doesn't mean you have to be bone thin. It means you have to feel strong, competent. And then feeling competent about your intellect. If you have if you have a learning disability, find out what it is and find out what your ability and your genius is. Because finding out what your ability is and finding out what you can master in the world will make you feel better about yourself, stronger, able. You can find your passion, as they say in that movie, make it happen. Flash dance. That woman... Those people, they had sex, all kinds of sex in that movie. Was it because she danced? Because she had a good body? No. She was a welder, for God's sakes. A welder. Can you believe it? She was a welder by day and a ballet dancer by night. She did both to make her feel good about herself. As a result, her relationships improved. So if you're thinking about loving romance at any age, you have to grow, develop, and make yourself feel passionate about multiple areas in your body, multiple areas in your life, not just with an intimate, but with people at large. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and we're talking about loving, passion, and romance at any age. We're taking your calls, 816-251-3555, U.S. and Canada. Remember, Unity Online Radio is live every Wednesday from 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern. You can get this show on your favorite podcast provider as well as join the live show with a question every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern. Remember, you can get a hold of me if you have any questions about today's show as well as others. Get a hold of me with Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa, Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa 1. You want a private reading you can't get online today? You can go to www.drmonalisa.com www.drmonalisa.com. We will go to Beverly Berry. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Hey, Dr. Mr. Well, Dr. Mona Lisa. Excuse me, I get a little nervous. Don't um, get nervous. I do not. I do. It's just me. Um, I'm, 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 everything that you're saying so far today has really um, touched home with me. Um, I'm. Uh, trying to figure out how to live more passionately. Um, don't know how to say it. <laughs> um, I'm from a very large family. A lot has gone on in my life. You know, I'm one of the older siblings, and there's just so much that I've endured throughout that I just I think I have forgotten how to survive um, in some aspects especially um, just passion and 
I care for people so much, but I don't know. I don't <laughs> help me. I just don't know what to do. Um, I need to find a way that I can, and I have a lot of health issues to go along with all of this. Okay, we're going to so, do that in a second. What kind okay. of car do you drive? Uh, it's a Toyota Rav Four. What a Rav Four? What color mm -hmm. is it? White. Why'd you get white? Safety, more than anything. I want you to think about that. That's the first thing, okay? Nothing okay. wrong with safety. But you know that phrase, ships are safe in the harbor, but that's not what ships are made for, right? Okay, never heard that, but that's no, I know you're in because, you know, that's, people hear the things that reinforce their life. I should hear things like, hey, hanging out at the harbor could really help you some. <laughs> that's what I should hear. <laughs> Suffice it to say, cops tend to pull red cars over more than white because they don't see them. And white makes you less of a target. So chances are you don't just get a sensible car. You get something that makes you not stand out from the pack so that you won't be a target. Do you understand? Yes, I think I do. Sure do. So um, people handle trauma in different ways. One, they do a counterphobic where they throw themselves out there thinking, you know what? I'll deal with this. And the other one is I'll blend in. They won't no. get me again. You get it? Got the first it. thing I see is you figured out ways to avoid getting caught in uh, conflict. There's a variety of ways in which people do that. One of which is they blend in so someone who's annoyed won't see them and take it out on them. And the other one is people learn how to fight. Do you understand? Yes. Someone was staying at my house recently and she was watching my cats. And I don't know, somebody was fighting and the other one was, I don't know. And she said to me, it was unbelievable. She said, that one's got to get in there. I went, what? She said, that one's got to get in there. I said, what are you talking about? What kind of neighborhood did you grow up in? She said, she needs to learn how to fight. She's got to get in. And she was telling me how that animal needed to maneuver in so they could get a good hit in. I was like, oh my oh. God, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> and I said, how did you grow up? And she said, well, it was tough. I got beat up. And so I learned how to fight. Are you following me? Yes. On yes. the other hand, coming out of the bus one day, this kid hit me and she got mad at me. She wanted to fight. And I said, I don't want to fight. Why do I want to fight you? She waited for me to get off the bus the next day. And she hit me upside the head, knocked my glasses off. I ran away. I didn't fight. I see that you learn to take care of people so that you don't become a target. And as a result, um, there isn't anything wrong with that. But that fearfulness and avoidance and also exhaustion doing that makes you a little nervous and less attentive to passion. Do you understand? Yes. The other thing is 
You're so focused on what other people's needs and passions are to support their passions that you're less so much that you're less focused on what yours are. There is an old program where everybody had southern accents like you. It was the Gomer Pyle Show. Do you remember the Gomer Pyle Show? Oh, yes, ma'am. <laughs> Go and see, yes, ma'am. Ma'am, ma'am. That's what people ma'am. say to me when I say something ridiculous. They usually say, ma'am, ma'am. <laughs> I aggravate <laughs> them. And Gomer had a girlfriend named Sue. And Sue sounds like you. Gomer would say, so what do you want to do, Sue? I don't know, Gomer. What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? And this went on and on and on. And that's what it is. They were so, so sweet. But no one would ever get off the dime. Do you get it? Because they were so wanting to please someone, they didn't know what they wanted. When I look at, and when I look at you, I see in the past, actually, you were so used to setting aside your needs, sacrificing yourself, that you didn't learn how to develop skills. You didn't develop the education to make yourself feel good about yourself, nor did you develop skills to help yourself survive. But you acquired someone who helped you. Helped you. And then that person kind of left. I can't figure out if they left you, you left them. And it makes you feel vulnerable. And since that time, it's affected your health. The people left in your life, they feel like they have a control over you because you rely on them to help you. Who do you live with, Beverly? My husband. How old is your husband? 72. And you're 66? Mm Mm-hmm. How is his health? Well, mediocre. <laughs> not it's it's good, but not great. Does that make sense? If you um, say it's not great, then that means it's really not great because it sounds like you minimize things. Well, he's he's become overweight, and he's high blood pressure. He has the putrians, you know. Um, oh, the contracture of his fingers. Yeah, well, that affects the whole body to some degree anyway, you know that. But it's, uh, yeah. (laughs) So you spend a lot of time helping him? Well, we're together a lot because we're both retired. And um, I do take care of everything totally. I mean... He mows the yard, things like that. But as far as the house, I'm, I do it all. Mowing the lawn is a very minor part, part <laughs> of everything. And right. then you do it all. Is that because of the tendons? Of du- I can't pronounce that word, but the D word, the Dupertons? Dupertons. Yes. Uh, no, there will... Several well, several years ago, my mom had to come live with me. That's a whole other story. And uh, during that time, I just, I don't know, I, I felt like that he, he just, uh, I, he was a turning point for him. And we were sort of stuck with having to care for her. And I don't mean to say it like that, but that's what it was. 
And so, um, wait a minute, that, so that's prototypical. And we're going to go to break in a few minutes. That's what happens. That's what we yeah. call bed death. Do you know what bed death is? Uh-uh. Everything's wonderful at first, right? Yeah. And then there's this nameless discomfort that person is just subtly less attentive. The little things that they used to do, they don't do as quickly anymore. The tone of their voice changes, the enthusiasm changes. And it's kind of like you're an old slipper in the room, a slipper on the rug. That kind of blended into the rest of the stuff in the house. Nothing special, just something else in the house. That's you. Yeah. And you don't know if that person even notices you. And then, but you don't bring it up because you don't want to aggravate them. Yeah. You're just too tired to bring it up. Hey, has something died in here? Do I see it smell a dead animal? Is our relationship frozen? Could we defrost it? Maybe we should think about a date night. And then Mm -hmm. the other person will say, I'm so tired. And then, but you're not the kind of assertive person that will go, oh, snap out of it. If we went to like a weekend thing, you'd be untired. You know how you can get untired, you know. And then they'll laugh. But some of these little grudges build up. Little grudges build into medium grudges become big grudges. And then next thing you know, it's the elef- the slipper is becomes the elephant. Your husband didn't want your mother in the house? No, it's not that. It's just um, we were tied. We weren't able to do a lot of things. Uh, not in the very first couple of years, but she was with us for nine years. But we also lived next to his family, and uh, there was a lot of influence from there. And he's, a, he, I'm going to say this with all honesty, he is the most modest human being I've ever been around in my life. Um, modest this, meaning cheap or modest meaning he, has, he, he puts a lot of clothing on? He's just very modest. He does not, um, he's just modest. I mean. Modest meaning he's cheap or modest meaning he has to wear a lot of clothing and he doesn't want people to see his private life. Well, yeah, that's it. Okay. So doesn't talk about private things at all. (laughs) So in other words, he doesn't talk about sex. No, I want you to hold on. Okay. So great that we're on the, on the uh, radio talking about it. I want you to hold on. That's my music. And you know what that means? We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how to keep loving romance and intimacy and passion in your life. You're listening to Healthy Living Intuitively. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. 
Promoting positivity and inclusivity. You're listening to UnityOnlineRadio.org, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Welcome back to Healthy Living Intuitively. We've been talking about living with love, romance, and passion your whole life. We've learned that this isn't just about sex. It's about having passion in every bit of our life, whether it's about work, relationships, day-to-day minutiae, how to inject enthusiasm opiates, a connection to the divine and people with pizzazz. We have Beverly, line one. Are you there? Yes. Yes, ma'am. Before I go to your body, so you told us that your mother lived with you for a series of years, you and your husband, and Mm -hmm. you lived next door to his family. Yes. And you and your husband have what we call um, a, a detente. It's kind of like you're in suspended animation, meaning there's not a lot of animation there. It's been suspended. Is that correct? There's not a lot of pretty, life going on? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we get along fine. We don't fuss. I didn't, no, I didn't say there's no, but that's the problem. Yeah. You get along fine. There's no beatings. There's no screaming. No. There's just n- not a lot of passion. Yes. Yes. You know, years ago, I went to visit my roommate. I'll call her Mary. She's Japanese. And my family, if they, there was always yelling and we're Latin, Latina. And Mm -hmm. everything was in some kind of dull roar. If someone didn't say it was some kind of volume, it meant they didn't care. And if you were ignored and someone didn't say anything to you, then that meant really you were nothing. So I went to her house. Her mother served the meal and really didn't sit at the table. And then there was silence as we ate. By three days of that, I was almost psychotically depressed. I wanted to leave. And I said, "Um, why don't you people want me here? And she said, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, the silence is killing me. Sometimes the lack of connection is like a valium, a valium. Wow. It's not your drugs. It's like, it's absolutely, there's no connection. Forget about romance. Some people have sex and then nothing else goes on around it. You just people walking around. Then you have sex and then we're walking around. They say, but our sex life is fine. Yeah, there's sex, but where's the life? I look at your head. I see problems absorbing nutrients from your bowel. I can't figure out if you used to have episodes of inflammation along the lining of your colon, especially your small intestine, or what that was. I just see a capacity to have problems with B12 that times can cause problems with focus, attention, sustained attention, distractibility. 
I look at your neck, I look at your thyroid. In the past, I saw a capacity to make antibodies against your thyroid gland, antibodies that make it hard for you to have stable thyroid function. I wonder whether your hands and your feet get cold. I look at your heart. I see a dull pressure in your chest. You know that this is not a physician-patient relationship. I'm not giving you a diagnosis, prescribing treatment, or doing psychotherapy, right? Right. Yes, ma'am. I'm totally, yeah. I see dull pressure, a feeling of heaviness in your chest. And though you've gotten it checked, it just feels like there's a weight on your chest. In the past, I saw a capacity to have hormonally sensitive densities in your left chest wall. I look at your esophagus, stomach, liver, gallbladder, colon, and rectal areas. Once again, I saw that old red dotted pattern where your esophagus and stomach come together, but your small intestine near your duodenum and jejunum. I can't figure out if... You really had excess acid, excess bacteria there. You had an autoimmune problem with the lining of your bowel or what that is. I wonder at one time in your life whether you had trouble with the amount of red cells or iron in your body. I look at your left kidney, right kidney, bladder. I can't figure out if... Your urine has some kind of sediment or something extra. There's something different about your kidney filter. I look at your left kidney, right kidney, bladder, uterus, left ovary, red ovary, and cervix if you still have them. I see decreased height, decreased bone density. I see fatigue, dragginess, problems with falling asleep, staying asleep. I wonder if your skin is sensitive to the sun. I wonder if you have dizziness, vertigo, especially toward the left side of your head. Can you please tell me your health concerns? Oh, you left. She took off. She'll come back. That's unfortunate. We'll go to line two because there is a way that she can get passion back in her life. It sounds like her husband is a nice man, a stable man, but not one that likes change. So there's a phrase I like to use called, if you can't eat in, you have to order out. It feels like the caller is a little on the nervous side, and she married her husband because he looks like he has things under control, but those people tend to not like things to change. For her to get passion back in her life, she's going to have to get some friends and get some activities outside of the house. If she needs help doing that, she has to get a coach or counselor help her do that. Once she starts doing that, her husband's going to get jealous. <laughs> I need to tell you that. That will inject passion. Though jealousy can be a bad thing, in this situation, oh, here she is again. Beverly, do you know? 
Yeah. Did you hear that, Beverly? You there? I Did, just now got that you I had to call back. Did you hear what I was just saying? I said it's. Uh, can you please tell me your health concerns? Well, I have a lot of health issues from the, my entire life. I have you. You. I got to the part where you said something about see adult pressure in your chest. From there on, yeah, in my chest, and from there on, I heard nothing. Uh, because I don't know what's happening with the phone around here, but it's bad. I do have I do have two artificial heart valves from Marfan syndrome. You have Marfan syndrome. You have yes. artificial valves. Yes. So and you get this skull pressure in your chest, and you do follow up with a doctor, which is why I said I interrupted it by saying you understand this is not a physician-patient relationship because yes. I wanted to make sure that you had someone following your heart. Like everybody oh, yeah. Yeah. calls me. Um, Marfans, mm-hmm. they tend to have problems with connective tissue. It's not just the heart valves. It's other areas yeah. as well, including the bowel, digestive tract, and connect uh, and bones and joints. What is well, your digestion? Go ahead. I was going to say, years ago, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. There you go. Um, from, the, yeah. from the very beginning of this head, when I got to your head, I mm-hmm. could see a red dotted pattern in your colon, and that's significant. Um, and the reason red... why? Yes, I talked about autoimmune, and I said at one time I wondered whether you had trouble with red cells, whether you were anemic. And people, well, yes, I, they I get do. anemic, right? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I said that I wondered whether or not it affected the bowel lining so much that you had trouble having enough B12. You have to make sure you have enough B12 because people who have autoimmune injury to their bowels, well, as other folks, tend to have trouble with intrinsic factor in B12. But this was concerning because if you have, you have to keep monitoring your bowel because people with that kind of chronic inflammation in any area of your body, but Crohn's especially, can have a little trouble when they get older. So you really need to follow um, up with a gastroenterologist. Are you following me? But that yes, is then seventh center purpose. You don't have to call me ma'am, even though you're from the South. That was from the very beginning of this reading is what I picked up. I, I usually go in a certain order. I went from your head right down to your gut. Did you remember that? And that mm-hmm. tells me right away, right away that that is significant. The heart was an afterthought. The bowel is a big deal. Do you get it? That means that you really have to have passion and what I was saying when you your phone got cut out, you should listen to the recording of the of podcast. And it said that your husband was a good bloke, good person, but he liked mm-hmm. things to stay the same. That you were mm-hmm. nervous and you married someone who looked like they had everything under control. However, you really have to um, throw a little bit of caution to the wind, which means you might want to retire. This is analogy. You might want to retire a little bit that white Toyota and consider mm-hmm. a little bit in the direction of a red Porsche. <laughs> okay. I'm kidding. What I said was, I, I don't think your husband will do this, but I thought you should get a counsel, a coach of some kind, minister, and have them help you get the skills to get some buddies to do some fun things outside the house. Once you start to do that, your husband will get jealous, and jealousy is a kind of passion. It can be violent, but he doesn't look like the violent side. Once no. he realizes he's doing something without him, you, he will go, hey, what are you doing? You go, things. What do you mean, things? Well, you know, going out, bowling, playing cards, 
Well, you didn't tell me you wanted to do that. I'd like to do that. Well, you know, you didn't ask. That's passion. Did you get it? You got to get it moving. And with him, jealousy and feeling left out will help. Did you get it? Yeah, and jealousy is the one thing he's never had. <laughs> no, well, that's what you do. You do things without him. And then you go, but there are certain things I can't do with my friends. Hint. Did you get it? Yes, ma'am. And then you can say things like, I could talk to, we could talk to the minister about that, or he'll say, I that you understand? This is the last thing your husband wants to talk to anybody about. But we start with cards and bowling first. Do you understand? Superintendents are not for um, bowling, but you understand. He could do cards. Yeah. Rome was not built in an afternoon. I know. Can I tell you something? I have problems with the joints in my hands, and I'm practicing piano, so hello. And there's all kinds of things you can do with Dupert. I can't pronounce it. I, can, I can't yeah. pronounce it, but I'm moving my fingers. Look at some videos on Instagram and Facebook. You'll cool. see me. At first I'll go, these fingers did not work. Started with the right hand and then both hands. So none well, of my fingers worked, and now they work. Well, you know, I, I get that because I have very long fingers with the Marfan syndrome, you know, t- t- typical look. Uh but I have reversed a lot of arthritis in my body. I understand, doing, but he's not yeah. hes not a reversal thing until you do something without him. And he's like, hey, he'll get jealous. He doesn't like to be yeah. left behind. Good luck. You take it easy, okay? I thank you so much. No, so thank much. you. You take it easy. We'll go to How do I get two. to the podcast? Oh, um, talk to the guy, uh, the studio guy, Jeff. Oh, okay. He's a sweet thing. We'll go to line two. Lynn, I'm Dr. Melissa. How can I be of help? Hi. I just called in. I didn't expect to talk to you. You are. That's awesome. Hi. How can I be of help? I, um, I would just love for you to do a body scan. I missed the first half of the, um, the podcast because I was driving, and as soon as I wasn't driving, I called in to listen. So I've been listening to you um, speaking with this other woman. You understand, um, well, first of all, this, these are quick readings. It's not the whole spiel. Um, but c- can you give me a basic concern? Basic concern. Um, health-wise or just personal or? Anything. Anything. Um, stress itching. Stress itching. Yeah, okay. I... I, I get this crazy itching. Wait a minute. Do you know there are two types of language? There's left brain speaking, like the rain in Spain falls mainly on the plains. <laughs> okay, Why? Okay, I'm not going to sing. Then, of course, there is right brain, what they call paraverbal communication, um, where people will, well, on the Olympics, there were these two husband and wife teams, a husband and wife team, and they were retiring. Actually, they weren't. They used to be husband and wife, but they separated or something. And the, the uh, commentator asked him why they chose to retire or get separate from each other. And she gave this convoluted description, right? She was sitting mm-hmm. with her legs pointing away from him. His was spread-eagled and sitting in the chair, okay? 
And then they asked him, why did you decide to separate but still do your sport together? Do you agree with her? And he said yes. And then he did this thing where he he scratched his nose. And I went, son of a gun. I actually said another word, but that wasn't it. That's a paraverbal communication. Mm -hmm. It's a way of expressing yourself, but you're not going to be able to use the words. So instead of saying something, if you were on TV, you'd scratch. Somebody else might um, clear their throat. I teach a medical intuition training class. That is, in fact, medical intuition is not diagnosis. It's not a prescription patient. I don't give you a prescription. It's not, I don't give you a diagnosis. I teach you how our bodies let us know that something in our life is out of balance. So we're not, we don't cause health problems, but we are responsible once we get them. So the key is, is when I teach people, they do all these things with their body, like they'll itch or one of their eyebrows will go up and you're mm-hmm. itch up. In poker, you would not be good in poker. You would not <laughs> want to go to Vegas. Do you understand? And if you did, mm-hmm. you'd put yourself like in some kind of straight jacket thing so you couldn't move <clears> your hands. You'd have somebody else hold your cards for you because that kind of paraverbal communication talks for you. The mm-hmm. first thing I see is fascinating is you have difficulty how old are you 65 65 i see a work situation of some kind i can't figure out if this person was your mate a boss a mate a boss it feels the same and it feels like around this person you couldn't focus on your work because you ended up being taken over by their life. And um, they're a very dominating person. And as a result of that, it's hard for you to do your work, your calling. And this is separate from the itching thing. As a result, You have all this energy inside of you, this nervous energy that you don't, you can't release. It's kind of like when my cats can't go outside, they, they do, they run all around the house, run around the house, run around the house. And if you look at a cat, they pick up that energy and they'll start itching. (laughs) What do you do for work, Lynn? I'm an oncology nurse. I'm not going to ask you what setting you work. Do you like the setting you work? I love the oncology department. I love oncology, yes. Do you think that what you're doing uses all of your gifts, talents, and skills? Um, up until a few months ago, yes. What happened a few months ago? It can't be COVID, I, COVID, 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 COVID. It can't be COVID. And the no, reason it's, why it it's, can't be COVID is because it wasn't a few months ago. Well, it was, sort of was COVID-related. I wasn't going to get uh, vaccinated, so I was uh, reassigned. 
to a different position. You know what's interesting? Without getting into what? the opinions of that, is there something else you want to do with your career other than in that format? Because once you go um, into that kind of situation, what you're saying is that we have become a parting of ways. I've outgrown that system. You know when somebody asks you, why did that marriage not work? I can't stand mm -hmm. this phrase. They say, we grew apart. It's not mm -hmm. really the truth, but in a way it is. In a way, you've grown in a direction that where you work didn't. Mm -hmm. So does it really use all of your ability? Because in a way, staying there doesn't allow you to use to do your career. Not with this, yeah, not with this change in my position. Absolutely not. That's why I'm thinking about retiring. I have a problem with that. Do you want to know why? Oh, good. I love that. No, tell me why. Because it doesn't use all your gifts, talents, and skills. And it, they do dominate you. Mm. And in mm. your mind, somebody won and controlled you. That's not helpful. That's retreating. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Suppose Leonardo da Vinci couldn't do ceilings anymore in the Sistine Chapel or chapels. You think that's it for him? He's going to retire? Mm -hmm. He'll do yeah, it course. is retreating. Yeah. I mean, is that it? You're interested in any other things? Um, I own a screen printing company, so you know that's the artistic, creative side of. Of so my you world. Take, but so you I, never throw away, you don't compartmentalize. You don't, You have to use two brains, not one. You say that that's this right. side and that's this side. You don't want to do right. that. You want to say, I've worked as an oncology nurse and I have a screen business. Mm -hmm. Let me put those together. What do you got? There are things, have you ever read Love, Medicine, and Miracles by ben, Bernie Siegel? Um. I've read some of his stuff, but not that one, no. He does pictures. He has people with cancer draw pictures, and he sees how they feel about the drugs or their treatment and stuff by the pictures. Mm -hmm. I love that. So in a way, I know it's art therapy. In a way, it's art intuition. You, mm -hmm. have, a, you have a printing business of some kind. Think in terms yeah. of what you could do with art, with health, and with printing. Not to mention books. There's a reason why you shouldn't retire. The universe didn't send you a curveball to put you out to pasture. Mm -hmm. The universe made you itch because it's giving you an itch to do something else. Yeah. Itching is something that want, makes you want to itch to do something. It's a passion. Mm. Do you understand? I what love I'm saying? this. Yeah. I do. Was there another situation in your life with someone in a family? I look at your head, neck, thyroid, 
I see increased susceptibility of making antibodies against several organs in your body, including your joints, your thyroid. I see this began in the past around 12 or 13 in a situation in the family where there was chaos in some kind of event that felt traumatic. Can you please tell me your health concerns? Um, I have a history of arthritis, so I've had hip replacements. How and, old were you when that happened? Um, I had my second one uh, two years ago and my first one the year before that. What? Um, oh, all within the last five years. What was your health like earlier in your life? Um, I would say excellent. Pretty much. I mean, the only aggravation was occasional, you know, I'd get cold sores on my mouth. But other than that, really healthy. What disease runs in your family? Um, My mom passed away with Alzheimer's. She was incredibly healthy, never took any medications. And my dad had um, high blood pressure and osteo and rheumatoid arthritis. And that was about it. And maybe spinal stenosis. Rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune illness. Did you know Mm -hmm. that? Obviously. I'm sorry. You're a nurse, for God's sakes. I'm sorry. What a ridiculous thing. That's okay. My point is, and mouth sores can be partly autoimmune. The colon uh, digestive tract goes from the mouth all the way down. You know Mm -hmm. know this, too. What am I telling you? You stuff you don't know. And so my point, I know, I feel like an idiot. You're a nurse. No, no, no. I, I'm, I appreciate that. Majority of nurses I know could have gone to medical school, either because of a lack of self-esteem they did not go, a lack of or stuff going on at home. I have no idea. But whenever I'm in the mm-hmm. hospital, I meet all these nurses who are like, they keep the patients alive. Hello. Absolutely. My point is, I, I want you to think about that. You have an itch to do something else. Do you understand? Be careful I do. of that colon and be careful of your joints because I don't think it's just osteoarthritis. Good luck. I want to thank you for welcoming you. your day. You've been listening to Healthy Living Intuitively. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.